Well, good morning again, and uh, it's good to be with you. Uh, I'm Tim, and I hope that uh, you're having a nice morning. Some of you, I know, are meeting in small groups. And maybe you got to do some singing, and uh, now you're ready to hear something from the Word of God, and I hope you hear something worthwhile. You know, we're looking at uh, resetting our lives. Every once in a while, I have to uh, reset my phone, or I have to defrag my hard drive, or I've got to flip a little circuit breaker just to get things back to some something at least back the way it should be. And um, our lives occasionally need to be reset too. Now, the great thing about this is that God specializes in resetting our lives. Uh, and he really wants to help whenever we feel like, man, I need to, I need to figure something out, get, get back to something that, that I've somehow drifted away from. Look at this passage here with me in, in Isaiah 1. Verse 18 says, come, let's talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. Talk about God's impact on changing our condition. And that's something says, man, you can really get messed up. You can really be in sin deep. I can change all that. I can reset and restore your life uh, the way I've always wanted you to be, always the way I've always created you uh, to be. Now, last week we talked about resetting our walk with God, and today I'd like to talk about resetting my ministry. And you may think to yourself, Tim, that why 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 are you going to that topic? Why you talk about ministry? Well, it's been my experience that my walk with God and my work for God go together. You think about it. Adam and Eve are a classic example. You know, they they were uh, they walked with God and they had a relationship with God. And you remember, God gave Adam the responsibility to work in his garden. He gave him some ministry, some service that he wanted him to do. And then sin kind of just wrecked all of that. Uh, it, it messed. It, bro- it broke down their walk with God, and it just messed up their work for God as well. You know, you were created. You and I were created for a special work, just like Adam and Eve. It was an original work. It was to serve your creator, serve God. And see, God didn't put you and I in here uh, just to take. He put us here to add things to this earth, to add to life. And when you stop and think about it, you know, sin, sin when it, it, it come into this world, it just wrecked the walk with God and the work of God that Adam and Eve were trying to do. Well, the cross is God's way of resetting things. In fact, when you stop and think about it, the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, resets your condition, but also resets your commission. Look at this passage here in 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. It is he, Paul said to Timothy, who saved us and chose us for his special work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. Did you see that? Paul's telling Timothy, sins wrecked everything, but God came in and he saved us so we could serve him. And so this walk with God, this walk we've been talking about last week, it involves doing God's holy work that he's chosen for you and I to do long before the world began. But as servants, if we were just to face it, and I've, 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 I've got to be honest with you, I, I've uh, had this happen to me so many times. There's times that I just 
somehow experience a moment where I'm not working for the Lord like I should. Uh, it's almost like what I would call ministry entropy. What do you mean, Tim? That sounds so scientific. I know it does. But, uh, but, it, but that idea of things start really well, but then they begin to just change and diffuse and sometimes break down. And, and same is true with ministry. You know, I get involved, I get started, I, I, I have a task I know God wants me to do, and I'm getting so excited about it, and I'm serving. But then something happens, this entropy starts to take place, where things begin to change. Something causes this ministry focus that I have to do the work of God to get away from the original purpose of what I was doing. I get away from the original plan and idea of how God wants to use me. Let me give you some examples. Let me give you four signs of ministry entropy. If you want to know if you're experiencing ministry entropy, here are four signs. First, my desire to serve God drops. It starts to decline. I'm just not as excited as I once I once were about uh, once was about serving. It says here in Galatians six nine, let us not become weary of doing good. Now, why would Paul say that to the church, to followers of God, to people who walk with God? Well, he knew, just like you know, that ministry costs and exhausts. And when that happens, sometimes serving, I can lose my desire while I'm serving. I'm not as motivated as I was to serve the Lord. I'm not quick to volunteer. I'm difficult to get a hold of, and I have a convenient excuse and why does this happen? I, I've thought about over my life moments where I've gotten away, I've gotten my focus off ministry, off of serving God. My desire, especially, is just not there. And um, I think about there have been moments when I've been frustrated with with uh, in my ministry, what I'm doing for the Lord, or I, I'm bitter, I get hurt, I get damaged, uh, I get, uh, uh, there's times that I feel just tired. Uh, and fatigued, moments of failure. Like it's just, I know this isn't working like it should, and and it's discouraging. Sometimes it's fear that takes my desire away. That I that I'm afraid to try something new, or I'm tr- to try something because I'm afraid of what I might look like, or I might fail, or I might get took advantage of. And this this these things have impact on. On our desire. Sometimes it's just a sin. I'm involved in something that I know I should I should be involved in. I'm doing something, thinking something, practicing something, and it's got a hold of me. It's a stronghold. Look at what, what David says in Psalms 38. Look what he's he's talking about sin and what it's doing to him. And he says, My heart pounds, my strength fails me. Even the gleam, look at this, even the gleam. And my eye is gone. I just don't, I'm just not as excited. You know, when you're in sin, it just steals the gleam in your eye, your excitement. You know, guilt and shame have a, they, they really push out this, this desire just to please God and serve Him. And so, uh, I've, I've seen that happen so many times. Good servants of God somehow lose their desire because of either frustration or fatigue or fear. Or they're caught up in a sin. That's the first thing. My, that's how I know I'm, I'm experiencing ministry entropy and I need a reset. I've lost my desire. Number two, 
I overlooked the purpose of my ministry. Somehow I just, I fail to see the bigger picture. I don't recognize it sometimes. I don't see opportunities to serve. I forget what I'm really serving for. You know, when Jesus was talking about his death, how it was coming in just a few weeks, you remember Peter spoke up and remember he said, not so, Lord, I'll never let that happen to you. And remember what Jesus said? Well, here's what he said in Mark 9. Get behind me, Satan, he said. And look, look what he says. You're not thinking about the things God cares about. Instead, you're thinking only about the things humans care about. And this happens in ministry. Where I, I fail to see the big, you know, Peter couldn't see, he forgot the big picture, what, why Jesus was there to begin with. He was to come to seek and serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And Peter had forgotten that. He got to thinking about other things. And there's times when I can get so caught up in the details of serving that uh, I, I just begin to forget. I forget the why behind the what. Uh, policy becomes more important than people. Um, how I look becomes a little more important than how God appears to people. Denise and I, I told you this earlier, Denise and I went to Grafton um, to see the New Year's Eve uh, fireworks. And so we go and we get in the truck and we get there about 15 minutes before it starts. And as we pull in, I hear somebody yelling, no, 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 no. And then I hear somebody else on the other side, stop, stop, stop. You can't park there. You can't park there. And Denise and I are looking around and we see some parking people and they're not talking to she, you know, they're not talking to her. They're not talking to us in the truck. And she goes, what's going on? I said, I think some people have forgotten why why they are here. They think they're here to park cars. They're here to welcome people. And that's what happens sometimes. I just overlook, what's the purpose? Why is this, why am I doing this? And so um, that could be a sign of ministry entropy. I get away from the original purpose of why I serve. Uh, A third one is, I'm passionate about something else. What do you mean? Well, it's not that I'm indifferent. No, I'm I'm just motivated and motivated a lot about something else, something that's different. And uh, look at this here in 2 Timothy 4. Paul is talking about a servant here named Demas. And they've been serving together in ministry. And look what he says to Timothy about Demas. He goes, Demas left me. He loved the things of this world. I think the Living Bible says he loved the good things that life offers. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, our passion for something else, it doesn't necessarily have to be something bad. It might be something good. But what it does, it, it takes our heart. Something else has our heart. It has, it, I'm, in other words, I'm so mentally and emotionally and physically invested in this that it gets my A game it gets my time and I have no trouble sacrificing I'll go without money, sleep convenience because I want to I'm just so excited about it and what about God what's he get well in many times he gets my leftovers and so my passion my passion is in something else, and it's not in serving God. And so I, I'm not volunteering to serve in my church 
or I don't see, I'm not really getting involved and getting myself involved in something I see, a need that I see where I work or in my neighborhood. Number four, here's a fourth sign. I forget who I'm serving. In other words, my ministry has morphed into ministry, M-E-I-N-S-I-T-Y. You know, ministry. What do you mean by that, Tim? It's about me, not really about the Lord. It's no longer about God. It's no longer about others. The I factor, how I see things, my I factor is just the, the thing that's delegating and dominating how I approach serving in general. Paul said this in Romans 7. He said this to the Roman church. And look what, look what he reminds them. He says, we belong to Christ so that we can be used in service to God. What's he saying? He's saying the servant and the service belong to God. It's not about me. It's not about me. In other words, so when I'm, when I'm having this problem in my ministry, it's when uh, I, I'm thinking about the who is me more than the Lord or people. And see, it's not about that. It's not about me. If it's about me at all, it's only because I'm involved in this ministry. I'm involved in the task. Look at Galatians 5 here. Paul said this to the church of Galatia. Brothers and sisters, God chose you to be free. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to do what pleases your sinful selves. Instead, he says, serve each other with love. Who do I serve? How should I see myself? I should see myself as God's servant. And I serve him to honor him. And I do that by serving people. So what do I do when I experience this ministry entropy? What can I do? Let me give you some things that I think they help me and I hope they'll help you. And I think the Bible teaches this. First, I recharge my faith in God for ministry. I need to recharge my faith. Galatians, again, 6, 9. Paul reminded the Galatians, he goes, let us not become weary in doing good. And notice how here in Romans 12, he says this, stay excited about your faith as you serve the Lord. You know, faith is powerful. In fact, faith gives you and I the energy to serve. Now, one of the things I, I notice about my cell phone, it's on all the time, but I'm charging it every day. I plug it in every day and charge it every day. It has to be charged every day so I can use it. And to, it has to, the battery has to be fresh. And to, for, for me to stay fresh and to stay excited, not to grow weary in doing what God wants, I have to learn to recharge my faith on a regular basis. Now, I recharge my faith in two ways. In two ways I do that. I read God's Word and I render God's work. You see this in, in the scriptures. Jesus, when he talked about the wise man who built his house on rock, what is, how, how does he start off? He says, if you have an ear, let him hear. The one who hears my word and puts it into practice is like a wise man who built, there's the work, who built his life or built a house on solid rock. And what happens? When the winds came and the storms came, it stood firm. He was able to, he, he was able to stay he was able to last. What about the foolish man? Well, he hears the word, but he doesn't put it into practice, and he doesn't last as long. 
the Apostle Paul. He's talking to the church in Philippi. And one of the things I found interesting was he says, hey, uh, I think it's in Philippi, uh, Philippians 4, uh, 9. He says, whatever you've heard from me, learned from me, seen in me, put into practice. And then he says, and the God of pressure will be with you always. Wait a minute. No, no, it's not pressure, right? The God of stress will be with you always. Do everything I do, everything you've seen, learn from me, put it into practice. And the God of hectic will be, no, it's not the God. Of, no, it's just the God of peace will be with you. That sounds like somebody who's just secure and rested and can last when they serve. See, sometimes, sometimes the last thing I need is another Bible study. Think about that. The last thing I need is another studying experience. Rather, what I need is a serving experience. Because serving just charges my faith. If faith is a muscle, and yes, it is, and I believe to be, yes, it's stimulated through reading the Word, but it's also enriched and strengthened when we do the work of God. Um. I don't know if you know this now, but we're having a ball in the children's ministry. We're having a blast. We're, we're recording it, and, and we're so excited. And we know we're going to be recording for a couple more weeks. And by the way, you know, we're hoping, we're wanting to start meeting at the 31st of January. We're going to start meeting face-to-face here at Greater Alton. And for those of you who want to be here, you know, that can, and you feel safe, man, come on, join us. And if, and if you can't uh, make it, you're not sure you're ready to come, we're going to still record. And we're going to still broadcast uh, on, on the radio there for the parking lot. But we're having a ball in the kids' ministry. And we're recording these things and just having a good time. Last week was especially uh, a good time. But what I thought, what was exciting to me was to listen to some of the people that have been helping. You know, there's John Wolf and Richard Harder's been helping, Melissa Gill, and, uh, you know, Denise, of course, my wife, and Nathan, uh, Bob Quick. Uh, and, you know, uh, then we had, we, this week we had some kids singing along and it just adds something to it. But what excited me was afterwards we're having this meeting and one of the guys was saying, you know, I'm just so excited right now. And I remember there was a time he wasn't excited in the kids ministry and I'm listening to him and I, and I am, I feel the same way. I'm excited too. I feel like I'm, we're getting something back here that we're getting back to some original things that God wants us to be. And I said, what do you think it is? Because I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting something accomplished. I'm doing something. I'm not just sitting on the sidelines. And I'll tell you, there's something about just that idea of refreshing your faith with action. You know, it says faith without action is dead. That, I'll tell you, faith without action gets sick and dies. Huh? Yeah. And so it's something, something about that, refreshing your faith. So yes, read the Word, but find a way to render God's work. They just create this energy and spiritual momentum uh, like no other. Here's the second thing I can do, and that's recalibrate my motives. Look what the Bible says here. Sometimes we forget this. Live as God's slaves. Live as God's slaves. You know, your why behind your what really matters to God. The Bible even says uh, in several places, He weighs the heart. He judges the thoughts and motives of the heart. Our prayers, James says, if you ask with the wrong motives, you don't receive. 
Our prayers are even affected by motive. And my ministry's success or failure, what I do is effective or it, it, it's going to be either effective or not. It can, a lot of it is based on and determined by motive. Look at what Jesus said in, in um, Matthew 6, verse 1. He says, be careful not to do your good works in public in order to attract attention. If you do, your Father in heaven will not reward you. He goes on to say, if you're going to do something, do it in secret. What's he mean by that? Well, I think we could say you make ministry less about yourself and more about the Lord. See, what is the most powerful motive in ministry? The one God blesses the most. I believe it to be gratitude. Paul touches on this in Romans 12. He says, because of God's mercy, he reminds the church in Rome, remember God's mercy? Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful for God's mercy? I am. I need it all the time. And he just keeps giving it to us, doesn't he? Awesome. Praise God he does that. He says, because of that great mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service. Again, it's, it's, it's recalibrating my motive. Why do I do this? Am I doing this to, you know, well, if I do this, then we'll have a, a really great church. Well, I tell you, good ministries do build great churches. But that'll take care of itself. No, what's the, what starts me to serve? Well, if I do this, you know, people will really look up to me and respect me. They didn't respect Jesus. A lot of people didn't. That's no guarantee. What's the big motive? The Lord's the biggest motive. Love of God is the biggest motive. When I love Him with all my heart, mind, and soul, I also begin to understand and experience that incredible love He has for me and gratitude. Out of gratitude, I serve. You need to adjust your motive. Have you made ministry about you? What's in it for me? We're going to talk about rewards in a minute. But I just want you to think about it. It's not about what do I get, but what can I give? Jesus said it's better, more blessed to give than receive. Now here's the third one. And it's, it is, I need to remember that God rewards ministry. He does reward ministry. Galatians 6 says this. Don't get tired of helping others. You'll, you will be rewarded when the time is right if you don't give up. You know, serving isn't always glamorous. When you stop and think about it, it's not. But man, it is worth it. Right now, I'm, I've been watch, I, I watch a lot of Facebook videos. If you see me on Facebook, I'm not really on. I'm really looking at something else. And, and I'm watching this fella go around doing random acts of kindness. And one of the things he's doing is he's giving these incredible tips to drive through people. He'll come up to McDonald's or he'll come up to a, a, a Burger King or, or someplace and he'll ask him, hey, give me a number between one and a hundred, say 50. He says, okay. And he put a $50 tip on my bill. What? And they, some of them start crying. They're just caught off so off guard. That's just wait. It's like, I can't believe you'd be so generous. Nobody does that. I want you to know God does that. God, God, in fact, rewarded you and I before we did anything on the cross. 
just he just lavishly poured out his love for you and I on the cross. And there's maybe some times you may think that what you're doing may go mostly unnoticed, and it and it may, but not with God. He sees it, and he'll reward you. For God is not unjust, the Hebrew writer says. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Proverbs says it this way, a person of blessing will be enriched and he who gives water also will be refreshed. You see, when I'm blessing others, it blesses me. God's arranged it that way. He's arranged ministry to work that way. You don't have to worry about God reward. If you don't, is God going to reward it? He already, it's an automatic. And what does he bless me with? Well, I'll tell you, as I've been visiting uh, children over there every weekend, and as I'm working in the kids' ministry, even as I'm doing this, I think about how God rewards ministry. When you help somebody, you help a homeless person, you help a neighbor, you help another Christian. Somebody cleans the building. Somebody washes the toilets. Somebody parks the cars, helps us park cars. I want you to know, somebody may, most people may not even notice it, but God does. And you know what? I notice he, how He rewards me. He gives me joy I can't describe. Energy, I can't figure how I got it. He gives me a second wind. He gives, me, gives you and I maturity. And He gives our lives meaning. If you ever wonder if your life matters, go out and serve somebody and you'll see that it does in a nanosecond. So I need to remember God rewards. The fourth thing, if I'm going through ministry entropy, here's the last thing I want to want to encourage you to do, and that's reinvest your life in ministry. Here's what Paul said to the church in Ephesus, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He says, man, I was created. You were created. We were created to serve. We were created to work for God. But you know something I noticed? In less than 10 years, something had happened to Ephesus. Something had happened to this church in less than 10 years. Because in the book of Revelation, John writes this. It says that Jesus is speaking, or the angel is speaking to Ephesus, and says these words. I know what you do, Ephesus. You work hard and you never give up. But I got to tell you, I hold this against you. You've left, you've left something. You've left your first love. And he says in verse five, change your hearts and do what you did at first. What's he saying? You need to get back to, to the original. Get back in the game. You know, in 2021, I'm hoping we're going to be, we're going to be able to do some rebooting with several of our ministries. I know that we aren't going to be able to do that here without servants. I want you to know we're not going to be able to do this without you. And some of you have served in the past. Some of you have been quite involved in ministry. But maybe you're not as involved as you used to be. Maybe your desire has waned. Maybe something's happened and you've just been in this holding pattern. Or maybe you... During that holding pattern, you've just gotten involved in something else. And your time and your talents and your treasures are going in another direction. 
I want to ask you something. I want to encourage you something. I hope you'll consider getting back in the game. You know, uh, the playoffs are right now. The NFL's having the playoffs. And I'm noticing something as you watch a football game. Players leave the game for various reasons, right? Some are uh, tired, and they wave, hey, coach. And somebody comes in, they're just tired. They need to rest a couple of plays. Or somebody is injured, and depending on the injury, they might come back later in the game, or they may be out till next season. Some, sometimes uh, they're out of the game because they're disqualified. And they, have, they can't be in the game for a while. I don't know what particular reason you may be out of the game, but I want, to, I want to encourage you to get back in the game. Moses was 80 years old when he was called back in the game. Gideon was hiding when God said, called him out of that threshing floor and said, I need you in the game, Gideon. Peter, Peter, who just messed up so many times, Jesus would say to him, I I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to get back in the game. The Apostle Paul, who was really busy doing something else, God interrupts him. Just like he interrupted Peter and John as what they were fishing for people, fishing for men, he interrupts what they're doing and says, I want you to give your life to something else. I want you in this game. And maybe you've been out a while. I want you to remind you, You were saved to serve. You were healed to help other people. And I want to encourage you to decide. Decide this morning, I'm going to reinvest. During this time of reset, I'm resetting my walk with God, but I'm also going to reset the work of God. First Peter, here's Peter. Isn't it interesting? Here's Peter who was called back in the game, said these words. So be good servants and use your gifts to serve each other. You know, none of these people are perfect. None of these guys that were called back in the game were perfect. And you don't have to be perfect to serve the Lord. Just need to be, just need to participate. And so God calls us to do that. And I hope you'll, you'll be sensitive to his call this morning. I hope God is, through the Holy Spirit, is calling you this morning to get back in the game. I want to say some things to you as we close. First, if you're not serving, I want you to know you're only existing. Because life was meant for ministry. Your life was meant to be a, to be a, in ministry. I'm not talking about preaching and all this stuff. That's well, a lot of times we get this idea of ministry and minister, preachers and some big gun. No, ministry is, means to serve. It really means to be a servant. I want you to think about something else. And, and I thought about that. I was thinking about this this week of all the people. All the different people, because I'm saved because of all the different people who served, who chose to serve. Maybe it was, they may have thought it was a small task, but it wasn't. It was significant. When I visited church, the lights were all working. When I visited the church, the sound worked. When I visited the church, people greeted me. They were warm to me. The bathrooms were clean. The word was preached. Seeing people dedicated their lives to lead singing, to help me worship God. Somebody come up and give a little talk about Jesus and the Lord's Supper. People would pass things around. That all touched me. Somebody wrote me a letter one time. They decided to serve, to serve the Lord and do something. What would God have me do? 
I'm going to write Tim a letter. I still have that letter, by the way. All the people. I just praise God that it was somebody that decided to serve. It made a difference in my life. And I want you to know this morning, you decide to serve. You decide to get back in the game. Somebody's life is going to be touched by it. You're going to touch somebody's life. God's going to use you like He always has, always wanted. I want to challenge you to think about this. If you have little love for people and, 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 a, and very little desire to serve others, and you're mostly concerned about serve us, not service, when it comes to church, I think you need to really question if Jesus really in your life at all. See, He didn't live like this, and He didn't call you to a life like this. Just like He came to serve and to give, He saved you so you and I could serve and give. He didn't save you and I, listen to this, He didn't save you and I to sit on a shelf and wait and look pretty and all cleaned up until it was time to go be with Him forever. No, He cleans you up just like and restores you just like I do my phone, just like you do your computer, to use. He wants to use you. Do you need to reset? Because God wants to reset not only your condition. He wants to do that. If you don't have a relationship with God, He wants to reset that condition right now. He wants to change that. But He also wants to reset your commission. Are you too busy to serve God? What needs to change? So you can do and be what God originally created you to be and do. You're going to give your life to something. What will it be? Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the purpose You give us. Father, to think about we're created Originally, we were created to serve you and to do your work. And Father, we know sin messed all that up. And here you come and you just give a, a incredible reset through the cross that we can walk with you and we can work with you. We can work for you. Father, we, I pray that for any of us here, maybe we, maybe we our desire, we've just lost our desire. Help us realize that it's, that um, all we got to do is just Suit up and get back in the game. and Give us that desire, Father. Rekindle that desire. Father, help us refresh our faith. Yeah, reading Your Word and, and calling out to You is one way, but Father, help us understand that another, another way involves rendering Your work, rendering Your in, in service to You. I don't know what it is, Father. Getting involved in something... It just, it just thrills me. I pray, Father, that we'll all experience it this year. We praise you, Father. We thank you for serving us. You came through Jesus to seek and to save the lost, but you came to serve and to give your life to us. And, Father, we pray that we'll imitate that. You call us to that life, Father. I pray you'll call every one of us this, this, this morning to that and help us respond and get up. And if it need be, leave our whatever nets we have and follow you and experience life like it's supposed to be. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.